0: We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society. And today, me and Brooklyn will be talking about how to form a cult, how to use rhetoric to keep the cult members engaged, and what that might mean for the 2024 election. So let's listen in. Understanding what is rhetoric as opposed to what is factual. So, Brooke, what were you thinking?
1: Yeah, what I've been noticing, Mark, is I know it's more of the same I just I wish that people would learn their lessons and that the I think if if the voters made clear that they really did not want to hear this type of rhetoric from politicians, maybe eventually the politicians might get the message, although perhaps after 2024, if, for example, the politicians with this kind of rhetoric are not and not heeded and not voted in, maybe the rhetoric will stop. But I don't know if it will. Now, for I was thinking of of two very recent examples. Um, just this past Tuesday in Ohio, uh, there was a um, an August election, which the Republicans had called for after saying that there were not going to be any elections of this type in in August. So they've, they contradicted themselves and scheduled one for August. And the idea was that people in Ohio, voters in Ohio, were no longer going to be able to to have a simple majority, a 50% plus one majority to change the Ohio constitution. And the question of, of changing their the Ohio, the, the state governing uh, documentation, the state legislation, the state constitution goes back to abortion. The changes that the Republicans wanted to make uh, and the state of Ohio has been leaning further and further and further right recently, more conservative, was to make what is called a supermajority, which is a 60 percent, so that the voters, if the v- voters said yes to the change, they would be agreeing to make their any future changes to their own legislation more difficult. It would require 60% of the state voters to agree rather than a simple majority of 50% plus one. Voters came out, apparently quite a few voters came out, uh, many more than, than expected, a summer election, and the motion did not pass. People voted no. The push for a supermajority, failed. Carrie Lake, who is a Trumpy leader and who at one one point was pushing to become Trump's vice presidential running mate, said, oh, the election was was rigged. It was rigged. So apparently in Carrie Lake's vision of reality, the voters in Ohio really meant yes. That they wanted to make their own, uh, changing their own legislature in the future much more difficult for themselves, and that that uh, uh, the no vote was really untrue. So her claim now, since she didn't apparently doesn't care for the outcome, is that the election was rigged.
0: Carrie Lake, failed a person running for governor in Arizona, is now up in <clears throat> Ohio making claims against their elections. And you're right. It does seem very, very odd that whenever the vote goes the way they don't want it to go, well, then it must be rigged. It's 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 almost a, I don't know, a, a schoolyard, fifth grade answer to everything. If I didn't win, it had to be rigged. You're right. You would have thought that when, you, when we talk about 2022, when we talk about 2020, those elections— those people that had the greatest rhetoric lost, but it doesn't seem like anybody learned anything from it. So, so I think that's an interesting dynamic as well. Uh, Carrie Lake, who had all of this, uh, this rhetoric, she lost, but again, they're going to continue to run the same old play. And I really do think that one of the reasons that they run the same old play is because we are now a society of reality TV. It's very, very popular. And I think that, you know, people want to see the government be just like I don't know. Here comes Honey Boo Boo. Uh, it, it just it amazes me that that a serious country with serious problems wants reality TV as the model for how their government works. And it 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 to me it really is. It's it's very confusing, very discouraging as well.
1: Yes, and another um, person from Ohio, and I forget who this is. I think this is somebody who is running for Congress or wants to run for Congress, who's saying that some uh, anybody who wants sensible gun laws means that they want to take your guns away from you. And I thought, no, that's not what sensible gun laws means. Sensible gun laws, which most Americans apparently support, means a background check. It means that if you have an existing, established mental health issue, you should not be able to buy an assault weapon, for instance. I mean, but it's still it, people still legally are able to buy weapons uh, that they ought not to be able to purchase, um, and are will background checks and and other other and other gun laws prevent all. The mass shootings that we have in this country? No, of course not. Um, however, the sensible gun laws certainly does not mean take everybody's gun away. And again, it's rhetoric and it's leaping to the most extreme of the possible spectrum. And it's ridiculous. And again, as you say, this n- no one seems to have learned anything, and and I don't know who could possibly believe that that's what a sensible gun law means. Um, well, there's a,
0: there's a lot of concepts that, when you look at it, you say, how could people believe that? It's it's kind of like it, it's kind of like the phenomena of flat earthers. A flat earther, everything they say flies in the face of centuries worth of science. Proven fact. I, I was actually watching something the other day, uh, and it was it was very interesting. And and I can't remember where I heard it from, but somebody said, if you believe it's true, therefore it must be true. And I think that's the attitude that people are getting today. They only want to listen to what they want to hear. And we, you know, one of the things we were talking about before we started was, you know, the the Trump rhetoric uh, over the the court cases. That, that he's facing and he's facing a bunch and they're going to bring out more in Georgia and just the idea of some of the rhetoric, again, he's going to try to shape a narrative and he's going to get people that are going to believe the narrative because they want to believe the narrative. And, and that's how these things get started is you get a society or a group of people that are susceptible to these kinds of suggestion to the and if they hear it over and over again if you reinforce it constantly if you constantly use the words witch hunt if you constantly use the word deranged if you constantly use these 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 words that trigger people or phrases or concepts that trigger people, as you were mentioning, with guns. I have never heard anybody say anything about wanting to take guns away. I have heard, as, as you point out, sensible gun laws. I have heard they want to make it so that maybe you can't buy, in the future, an assault rifle. Because the bottom line is, why do you think you need it? Uh, and and the logic as to why we need it is is another interesting thing that I think we've gone over a few times. But the fact is, is that if you continually do this, if you have a population that is susceptible to this stuff, then you're going to be able to use that, that psychological dynamic to influence people. And some of the stuff, when you listen to it, when you have any critical or analytical thought process, when you listen to it... You basically have to scratch your head and say, this doesn't even make any sense. It, it, there's no even, there's no logic to this and there's people that believe it. So in Ohio or wherever, if you elect a Marjorie Taylor green, I'm sorry, but you got what you deserved. You've gotten the government you deserve to live with it. And how much has, has somebody like that helped your community in the Congress? I know the argument's going to be is well, it's because everybody's blocking her. Well, she, she hasn't had an original idea yet. So, uh, again, it's 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 just simply a matter. Of, it's a great technique. It's a great technique that's been used by authoritarian's uh, for centuries. We've seen a group of the a group of people in the twentieth century, mid twentieth century, that use this technique to basically get people. Just by constantly reinforcing it, constantly saying those catchwords, constantly, you know, beating down onto it, everybody's against me, that kind of attitude. And then you get people that basically it becomes a cult. And if you're in MAGA, you're in the cult. I'll say it right here and now. If you believe in MAGA, you're in a cult. If you believe that Trump did nothing wrong, the only reason you believe it is because you don't want to believe he did. And you'll throw away all logic, every bit of logic if you ever had any, is is out the door. And really, there's no there's no use even uh, talking to you because, as as Bonhoeffer said,
1: can't argue with stupid. Yeah, well, it, it's clearly a cult, but the the people who are in the cult, of course, cannot see it. I believe it's Joe Rogan, his name is. He's got a podcast.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: And I happen to see through watching another podcast called The Midas Touch. Yes. I happen to see a sample of Joe Rogan who is a who is apparently now saying that Nixon, former president, late president, I guess, Richard Nixon was entirely innocent. And that the deep state, I guess that's supposed to be the government. In fact, created this uh, terrible, terrible persona and the story that of about Watergate and blame Nixon. That in fact Nixon was was not culpable at all and did nothing criminal whatsoever. By that token, of course, neither has Trump done anything. It's the deep state again, and. I, I mean, I actually sat here with my mouth open thinking that is the last thing, to be honest, that I thought I would ever hear is anyone being an apologist for Nixon.
0: Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. If you don't. Uh, I mean, actually, we had a professor at Southern at uh, Nova Southeastern University who thought Nixon was the greatest president that ever was. Do you remember who that was?
1: No, actually, I, I don't, I don't, I did not know that. I don't remember that.
0: Dear friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Dustin Berna.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: We would get, me and him would get into some, uh, some great debates over Nixon. And the thing that gets me is when we start talking about the deep state and nobody can really define that, what the deep state is. It, you know, it's, it's like in star Wars, define the force. Uh, Nobody can really do it. It just is. And they've taken this idea of a deep state. And the thing that amazes me is the deep state has survived. And if you, if you take Rogan's point and all I could say with the, I did hear a little of that thing from Joe Rogan and all I could say, all I was thinking was, gee, obviously you didn't have anything else to talk about today. So you just pulled something from 50 years ago from that time. Let's take from Nixon. Who were the presidents from the time of Nixon? Ford, Republican. Then you had Carter, Democrat. You had Reagan, Republican. Then you had Bush, Republican. Then you had Clinton, Democrat. Then you had Bush, too, Republican. And then you get Obama, Democrat. Then you get Trump, Republican. With all these Republicans that were in in the last 50 years, how can the deep state still exist? How is that possible? So define to me what the deep state is so that at least i know what i'm looking for and you know maybe maybe you've got a point but you got to define it and nobody seems to be able to define that
1: well and the other thing is if if the deep state were after nixon then why didn't it go after ford why because ford pardoned nixon and how come why did it not go after reagan because reagan said it's morning in america I mean, what happened to the deep state between then and now, and why is suddenly Trump so important that the deep state has to attack now?
0: And when you think about it, the deep state—the term "deep state" came in 2016. I'd never heard of the term "deep state" before that.
1: No, I mean, not guy.
0: You know, not to the level that we hear it now. How many times have presidents in the in the, presidents of the United States used the term "witch hunt"? It started with one guy. How many presidents, even Nixon didn't say that he thought he was being persecuted.
1: Yeah, no, he he didn't. And also, everyone, all presidents have uh, graciously put their support behind the person who won, unless you want to count Abraham Lincoln and having the South secede, except one who, of course, was Trump. But he he says that Clinton afterwards said that, you know, she had won and that she didn't support his win, which as far as I know, she never said they say that she said it, but they've never produced any recordings of her saying it. The only recording that I've ever heard is her conceding, saying this is this is our president and we are all American and we need to get behind the new president and and that sort of. Of uh, wording, Um, Gore said it, Carter said it, Bush said it. I mean, everyone who's been a one-term president has said it, except for one.
0: Well, yeah, and it's a matter of saying. I mean, there's been presidents in the past that have not overtly supported the successor, and we go all the way back. John Adams, when he lost to to Jefferson, he did not attend the inauguration. He, him, and Jefferson were were not getting along very well, even though they were friends at one time. And that, that relationship was eventually repaired. Uh, John Quincy Adams, when he lost to, to Jackson, that was just a vicious campaign. And Jackson and Quincy Adams just basically hated each other from that point forward. Okay. But there was nobody there that came in and said, well, listen, this is totally illegitimate. And, and that's what that's what happened in this case that's what makes it so dangerous
1: yes and the persistence of saying that you know we won and we have still won and um, and so on and the and the rhetoric of the prosecution against mr. Trump uh, you come after me I'm coming after you and and that sort of, of wording, which is extremely dangerous, and his, Mr. Trump's public statements, the district attorney of Georgia is involved with this or that gang member and has had intimate relationships with gang members, I mean, and none of which is true. And I was very impressed with her response, which is simply ignore all that, everyone on her staff to ignore all, all the verbiage, all the rhetoric, all the the contumely, and keep on with their work because they have work to do that is serious work, simply to behave in a professional manner. Unfortunately, Mr. Trump is not taking any type of cue from others who behave as adults
0: no and he's also not taking very many cues from the judge i think this is something that's eventually going to come back and bite him because everything is public record he puts it out there and you know i was i was noticing the other day he he was making a speech he goes i never did not believe that the that the the election was not rigged i mean that's that's the point that he seems to think he has to prove. And I think it's an interesting point, but there's plenty of documentation out there. There's plenty of evidence out there that would lead you to believe that he did not, he, he knew he lost Uh, other statements he made that indicated that he knew he lost. And I think, again, the idea is he's running to keep himself out of jail Anybody that thinks he's running to run the country again uh, and do good for the country is absolutely deluding themselves. That is not the purpose of this. It is to basically be able to pardon himself. And I'm not even sure if a, a president can do that. I mean, there's some some discussion over whether that's, not, whether that's possible or whether it isn't. It, it just amazes me the amount of people that fall for this stuff. And it really does. It, it it gives me not great faith in the intelligence of the American populace, especially when you sit and you listen to some of these people talk at these rallies, and you, you just want to say, "What alternate reality are you living in?" Because what they're what they're spouting out is an alternate reality, and that's really all you can say about it.
1: And I think anyone who looks into Trump's past is going to see someone who who does not know how to run a business, who does not pay his bills. Um, I'm aware from a friend of mine who lived uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, that the, um, when Trump gave a speech in Erie, uh, he did not uh, cover the cost of the security or pay the city for the venue or anything the way he was supposed to do so i mean he doesn't pay his bills he constantly defrauds people he has somehow managed to get away with it and unfortunately a number of people who have believed what he has said continue to believe it maybe because they Cannot face the fact that they have been lied to. I I really don't know. Well,
0: you, you, I'd like to believe that. I'd be, I'd like to believe that it's the human propensity to not want to admit you're wrong. But I'll be honest with you, Brooke. It, it, we've gotten to the point now where I I think the, I don't think that argument flies anymore. I I just don't think you can make that argument in good faith, because there are so, seventy eight felony counts.
1: Yeah, I know. 78 felony counts and and I more assume, to come. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and more to come. Well, I mean people people simply say, "Oh, well, it's the deep state. They're out to get him. It's this, it's that." That people come up with all sorts of justifications and contortions and apparently really don't realize that they're deluding themselves, which again, I think we as you say, we come back to a cult.
0: And and it's
1: yeah, like jump
0: yeah, down. Yeah, you and you've got to call it for what it is. It's a cult. I can see people getting up and saying, Republicans getting up and saying, Listen, I agreed with some of the policies that Trump had. I, I agreed with them. Okay. That that I have no issue with that. To which now you can have the argument. All right. So so you had these policies. What did he come through on exactly? Did he build a wall for across the entire Mexican border? The answer is no, he did not. Although I did hear somebody on the on the news yesterday, a, a Trump supporter at a rally say, "Oh yeah, it's all totally built." That's the guy you want to put on the plane, take down and say, "Okay, show it to me because it's not here." There was did he get Obamacare overturned? And there's a big one. He wanted he was going to overturn Obamacare. And in the first 2 years, he had a Republican House Controlled House, and he had a Republican-controlled Senate, and he still couldn't get it done. So maybe his policies were okay to to the conservative side. I okay, I have no argument with that. I have no problem with that. But then my question always comes back to, what did he get done actually? Yeah, and very little,
1: sure, <laughs> That was going to get done, and all these other things, education, everything. Yeah, as you say, that was going to get done. That's unbelievable. That a person actually said he built the whole wall. Yes. That's amazing.
0: And, yeah, it is. And, and, and again, that's the type of person that you say, that's a cult. That's an, a delusional. When he first took office, he said, I'm only hiring the best people into my government. He hired these people in. And now that these people are basically telling the truth of what they saw during the administration. Now they're idiots. Now they're, you know. They never knew what they were doing. Well, wait a minute. You were hiring the best people. Now, all of a sudden they weren't the best people. So is it the person that you hired who wasn't the best person's fault or is it your fault for hiring what you're basically calling such an idiot? And it's, it's really not complicated logic. In a lot of ways, it's logic that, you know, your normal high schooler could easily follow. And they just can't seem to do it. And I think the thing that really bothers me the most is is the people that support Trump the most are the people of our generation or mine who should have known better in the first place.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. I know you had said that he will never win another term. I'm honestly quite anxious that he may actually do that and will be stuck with him again. Say
0: never. I always say it's doubtful.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I hope you're right. You were right about, you were right about the, sorry, I cut you off. You were right about the debt ceiling thing and the whole, we won't pay our debt and we're going to not do it and we're going to default. You were right about that. And I hope you're right about this too, that it's highly doubtful that Trump is, he'll get the nomination, but it's highly doubtful that he's going to win the general. And I really, really, really hope you're right about this too.
0: Well, I guess we shall find out in 2024. All right, Brooke, that's all the time we have for today. It was good talking to you.
1: Yeah, Mark, same here. Thank you, as always. Take care. All right.
0: So, that's all the time we have for today's episode. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the JCIS, an open journal for upcoming scholars. The JCIS is currently accepting article submissions for their Fall 2023 edition. Call for Papers information can be found in the description. The Phoenix Group, an independent research consortium, offers solutions for social issues through multidisciplinary and unbiased research. And BH Conflict Resolution Services, a full-service dispute resolution firm, offering expert and cost-effective mediation services to couples, groups, and businesses. BHCRS can be reached at www.bhcrs.com. We'd like to thank our podcast partners, Buzzsprout, who hosts the Nova Society, iHeartRadio, where people get their music and podcasts, Apple iTunes, the largest source for music and podcasts on the internet, Spotify, the most popular source for the Nova Society podcast. Finally, Podkite, our analytical partners. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. If you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest on the Nova Society, we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to remind everyone that the Nova Society podcast is now available on our new YouTube channel. We encourage everyone to check out the channel and like, and subscribe. The link can be found in our description. Remember, The power of society is knowledge. So for Dr. Brooklyn and Weldon and all of us here at the Nova Society podcast, I'm Dr. Mark Bound. Be well, and we hope to see you again next time.